This is Limit Up, the show where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology so that you can take your trading to the next level. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step Trader. I'm Jack Pelzer. I'm joined by Dan Hodgman. Uh, last week, we said when we were recording this, we would uh, have some clarity probably <laughs> as far as the election. <laughs> I think we have less clarity now than we did a week ago. So it's Monday. It's noon central. And um, yeah, we're still it's, just It's chill. Wednesday. Oh, my goodness. I was see, that's what it means. <laughs> Jack is up really late watching the elections, um, hasn't slept much yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, jealous of those of you who are listening to this Thursday afternoon. You might uh, know more and not just be in this purgatory like I am right now. No kidding. Well, stocks are happy. That's the one thing we can say um, short term. They're very happy with what's going on. Yeah, I was just telling Dan the S&P's up about, you know, 100 and some points right now. And we were talking about this might be um, the most likely outcome as we record on Wednesday at noon central is probably a split government with a democratic president and a uh, Republican majority in the Senate, which means that um, it would be very difficult to repeal any tax cuts from the uh, Trump tax cut plans. And um, yeah, you know, what's interesting. What was funny though, is I saw the huge spike last night when it looked briefly like Trump was going to win. Well, you saw the odds. I was getting texts last night, like yesterday morning, Trump was um, like plus 300. And then by about 11 o'clock, I get a text message from my buddy saying Trump is uh, minus 700. So it was like it, the tides flipped. And now I think Trump is back plus 150, Biden minus 250 or something like that. So yeah, there the, were huge uh, the swings. odds have been all over. There was huge swings in all the betting sites last night, and of course they were crashing. Well, <laughs> so, yep. well, yours truly was trying to take advantage of them. <laughs> um, but uh, you know what was not a purgatory was our conversation with uh, Austin Silver, who's the head of trading and education at ASFX. Uh, he's a great guy to talk to. He's actually, you know, originally from uh, or was based in Pennsylvania, which is a state de jure. He's moved to Florida, which. Uh, was another state de jure, but I guess not, not anymore. That was a wild. Right? It it was uh, it was quite an interesting night. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, all right, well, Austin's going from one hot state to the next hot state, but it looks like uh, looks like Florida wasn't too uh, highly contested last night. We'll see what uh, everything else plays out to be. Every everything we thought we knew about demographic preferences is kind of getting shaken up. It's mind blowing. I mean, I'm. You know, you you see things that just, whoa, where's that? Like Georgia. Georgia's an interesting one. Democrats haven't taken it since 92. And in the beginning, it looked like Biden had a good lead. And that's kind of flipped. I know they haven't called it yet, but now it's tilting towards Trump. Um, it's got to love it. We knew it was going to be a fun one. It was. And, you know, we promised volatility. And so, uh, yeah, you got some. Right. Let's see. Where's the VIX at right now? Just for perspective. When we talk volatility, I, I can't imagine VIX is really high right now. Well, no, it got uh, it got crushed this morning just because it was so high in preparation. So there was this yeah. sort of giant volatility event. I, it was down like 13% when I checked yeah, I we're, think, this morning. We're, still, we're down a little bit more. I mean, but we're still – VIX is still sitting at 30. That's a huge number for the VIX. Yeah. And for perspective, you go back pre-COVID, we were like 11, 12. 
Yeah, still going to be volatile in November, so everybody hold on to your butts. Absolutely. Currencies are moving too, so nice little opportunity to sit and chat with uh, Austin, an FX trader, and uh, hear his opinions on everything. Well, right on. So uh, everybody out there, please enjoy our conversation with Austin Silver. We'll see you afterwards. Welcome to the Limit Up Podcast. Uh, we're joined today by Austin Silver, who's the head of trading and education at ASFX. Uh, he is the uh, eponymous AS. Is that the right use of the word eponymous? Yeah, I think so. We'll, we'll roll with it. Okay. Perfect. Austin was <laughs> nice enough to join us from down in Florida. Austin, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I told you guys I'm bringing the heat for you while you guys are toughing it out in the cold for me. So I appreciate you bringing me on. It is. I, I just realized, coincidentally, I'm wearing a uh, promotional Game of Thrones shirt that mm. I was just got for free at some point. So Take uh, that. That's awesome. Yeah, it says winter is coming. I forgot we're in an audio medium, so <laughs> it's important to say that. <laughs> I was wondering. I couldn't even see your shirt when you were showing it, so I was like, All right, where are we going with this one? <laughs> well, Jack? you know, that's where we're going. But what we're really here to talk about <laughs> is – uh Austin's view on trading and uh you know we have a lot of guests in here but it's always nice to hear how somebody got into trading and what they're doing now so uh just Austin if you want to introduce yourself to sure. listeners go ahead so like you said my name's Austin I'm the head of education at ASFX what we are is really just a company with a simple mission I like to say which is to help create and build self-sufficient and consistently profitable traders. So my vision of trading and why I got into trading was always for the lifestyle, right? We all think that we get into trading to make the money, not have a job, not have anybody telling me what to do, live in somewhere beautiful or wherever you want to cold, warm, whatever it is for you. That's, I think for a lot of people, why we get into trading and no difference for me, but I actually got into the business because I was working as a financial advisor for Northwestern Mutual. Are you guys familiar with that company, like life insurance and all that stuff? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So I was doing the internship there. Um, I really loved finance and I loved helping people. Service has always been a thing for me. My dad is an attorney. He always pushed on me that you have to bring service in what you do and that's where you're really gonna find success. So being of service to others, I love that. Before my financial career, I was actually a DJ for bar mitzvahs and weddings and I loved that and I think I did my service there. Um, but where I've been able to really find my service now is in coaching, like I said, other traders to be consistently profitable in the process that they're using. We know that there's a bunch of different strategies that you can trade in a bunch of different markets, but I think teaching people the right way to think is a lot harder almost and a lot more valuable. So that's where I'm focused right now. And uh, since Northwestern Mutual, that was about five, almost six years ago when I had that internship, I ended up leaving college. Uh, before I graduated to just pursue building my own business as a coach and as a trader. I had already been making a little bit of money trading. I kind of got the bug. So I was like, yo, this could really be something for me. And I think I can share this with others. And at that point, of course, as I'm sure you've had other guests say, no one really believed in me. No one really thought that I could do it, especially leaving college, but I have been able to manage to figure it out. And I have to give some credit to my girlfriend, Riley Bogdan. She's my partner in ASFX, the partner in our business, because kind of like I'm sure you guys can relate on the business side of things. You can't do it all. As an entrepreneur, you just can't do everything if you're trying to grow something. So Riley has really transformed what I was doing um, because about a year and a half ago, July of 2019 is when we started ASFX. Prior to that, I had tried to sell video courses on my own, tried to get the group going, but between trading and coaching, there's no room in there to live a life and do the marketing and do the email funnels and do the ads and this and the website. It's like overwhelming, you know? So Riley stepped in, helped me with my branding, helped me with my marketing, helped us make a little bit of extra money. 
Then we were able to hire a marketing team a couple of months into it. And now it's kind of grown into this pretty big snowball that we have at ASFX. So I'm very grateful for them. And I think that that piece of like finding people that complement your weaknesses has been my biggest lesson in all of this. I'm a decent trader, right? I've been able to find some success, but I think if you're smart enough like that and you can surround yourself with some talented people, you can grow way bigger than you thought. You said something there that everyone should listen to. You were trying to manage two things, coaching traders and trading yourself. Really hard. There's a thing where traders, a lot of traders I talk to, they're trying to juggle 19 different things, you know, and it's having that realization that that you recognize, hey, I cannot do all of this. Therefore, I need to focus on the few things that I can really give 110% to and then ask for some help. Asking for help is such a big 100%. change. Big it that same idea is in my trading. Like when you come in and you're like trying to find all these different strategies and you think you need so many different ways to make money, you just got to find what works for you. You got to be honest with yourself and know what works for you. And then in the business sense, complement those weaknesses. So what I did before ASFX, I was actually working with a company in New York. We don't need to say their name. They're a prop firm in New York City. I was running education for them. And It was basically like an inverted situation of what I have right now, where I was getting a smaller piece of the overall sales every month and working way harder, not complementing my weaknesses, really just almost doubling on strengths, which didn't work in this situation because the weaknesses were so weak, we weren't doing enough. So when I actually found, I shouldn't say found, but when Riley decided to take the role on of using her marketing degree from Temple University to help ASFX be built the right way. And then she was like, if we just do this right now, it'll be good in a year or two. And she was right. So finding that weakness, that complement of that weakness really made a big difference for us. That's good. So clearly you've always had that uh, entrepreneurial spirit. Dude, absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I think I like tried the selling pure... my mom's jewelry when I was 13. I don't mean to cut you off, but that's my, this, <laughs> no, no, I swear that, to God, <laughs> she was in the shower. I took like a couple of her jewelry boxes and I went down the street to a yard sale and I literally tried to do this. My dad caught me. I must've been like 12 or 13 years old. So that's like the running joke in my family that I've always been hungry for money. I like to call it a hustle. Watch your jewelry yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but especially with the, uh, you know, I, I saw the resume part. I've, I've always been fascinated by uh, the, you know, having, I got married a few years ago. I'm always fascinated by the uh, wedding and uh Bar Mitzvah, Bar Mitzvah, DJ game, which before we move on from that, uh, which is more fun doing weddings or Bar Mitzvah, Bar Mitzvahs? Definitely weddings. When I started, Bar Mitzvahs were fun because I was 16. I wasn't that much older than the kids. I was like, we were just having fun listening to cool music loud. It was on the weekends and I was making money. So I'm making money to party with people that are have, just there to have fun. And it like translated into, like I said, the service thing. I can remember a couple of events, more on the wedding side, definitely than the bar mitzvah, where with my role as the DJ and the MC, planning the whole event, coordinating with all the vendors, making the timelines, making sure everything worked perfectly, like to give them that service to know that that day went off perfectly for them and that they were so happy to tip me at the end of the night and just thank me because they didn't sweat anything. That was where I was getting my service scratch too. So it was yeah. fun and service, you know? Well, it kind of shows you there's kind of strategy sort of a lifelong thing. And I, where I was going to with that, I was kind of shocked when I was in these meetings with the wedding DJ of how much strategy there is involved with these things where they're like, okay, what song do you want to do first? And you're like, well, I want this. They're like, well, from my experience, we need something else like this. And pr- I promise you this will work because I've tested it. It's a lot like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that wedding DJs is a lot like being a trader. How do you like that, Dan? In a way. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. That's yeah. smooth. Absolutely. So did you start out 
in Forex or what do you start out trading when you just got into it? So I actually, first thing I found was binary options. I don't know why or how, but it came across my feed. <laughs> well, I could, yeah. I this could. is, you're probably looking into a lot of sports <laughs> right, gambling right, there. I'm looking at ESPN, sport, Street for Targeted Cash. They're, they're hitting me with the cookies. And I see this thing for binary options. And I was actually on vacation with my dad, my brother, and my mom in Florida. This is seven, eight years ago. So this is while I was still in college, just going into college. And I showed my dad this binary options thing. And he's like, that does not look like real trading. That looks like a scam. So he's telling me, he's like, don't put any real money into this. And I didn't, I was just playing around with that, but it got me interested in candles and buying and selling. I'm like, what's going on here? So you fast forward a couple of months and I actually found Tim Sykes and Cameron Foose, two penny stock guys. I ended up getting some video courses from them just to see what was up. I had some money saved up from the DJ job. I was like, let's pay for some real education. Watching what they were doing, I got instantly hooked on technical analysis, not so much stocks. In who I am as a person, stocks, I was like, there's too much media crap going on that I got to read, too many stocks for me to choose from. How am I going to pick the mover? I know myself, I'll end up chasing something. I'm like, there's just a lot of, you don't want to call it manipulation in the stock market, but there's a lot of outside influence in the stock market. So I was like, let's just keep looking. Let's see what else. Also, the stock market had a threshold for the pattern day trader rule, which I wanted to day trade. I wanted to be active. So right there, I wasn't putting 25K into the market. So I was like, not going to be able to really squeeze that fruit for all of its juice, so to speak. So just, I kept looking, kept looking. And then I get hit with Forex because it's all over Facebook and all over these multi-level marketing companies. And everybody's telling me how you could just trade and make money from your ATM phone and sign up your cousins and you'll just trade and they weren't really trading. They were just signing all these people up, but that got Signing me into up your cousins, Forex. yeah. Yep, so that got me into Forex. And then from there, quickly, I realized those multi-level marketing companies were not teaching people how to trade whatever scanners or whatever software they think that they had that was making people millions. It wasn't. So I was hooked on the trading, not hooked on the signups to the point where I'm sure some of the guys will be listening to this because they're still with me. But I had guys coming to my house in Glassboro because I was in South Jersey at the time. We had 15, 16 guys in my two-bedroom apartment learning how to trade, watching videos, and all of them I was pushing to this multi-level marketing company. Instead of starting the business myself, running it like an entrepreneur should, I was lost, so to speak. You know what I mean? So I don't mean to like rant here and give you guys all the info, but I think it's important. So I ended up leaving the multi-level marketing companies. And at that point was when I said, let me build my first video course. Let me teach these people the way that I'm doing it, not the way these other companies are saying to do it. And that was kind of where we ran from there. And that just gave me some credibility to then get the job with the company in New York, worked there for a year, left there and started ASFX two years ago. And that's kind of like the short hop and a skip to it. (laughs) It's a cool timeline though. Like you kind of went through, I think what a lot of newer traders go through. I've really found this kind of intrigue since I started with Top Step almost four years ago. Most of our listeners know my background. I came from the trading world. I grew up in the world. I've been on the floor since I was a baby. Um, The trading was just everything that we just, that's what we did. And uh, so when I started to learn and all of a sudden got into the social media of the trading and the investing and like getting pinged by guys that are like showing off $100 bills on their Rolls Royce and like, if I didn't know how to get into this industry, I think getting picked up by those marketing techniques um, is, it would happen. And I feel like you can get kind of lost in that. So it's interesting to hear you've kind of fallen into a little bit of that and recognized it relatively quick to bounce back out. 
Yeah, I mean, relatively quick. It feels quick, but it's five years of trying to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Even as a business owner, trying to grow that and grow a brand and grow a following and get attention, maintain attention, it's a lot of figuring it out. But like you said, that lifestyle marketing, it's completely taken over, not just our space in the trading industry, I think, but just the internet as a whole. I mean, you didn't know that it's now the easiest time. Of course, it's more saturated now, but it's the easiest time to do e-com now. Come on, bro, just do it and you can have a Lambo. You didn't know now is the easiest <laughs> time to start trading options. And like, you know what I mean? Like there's always going to be those marketing techniques, but I think there are people like yourself, Dan, I'm sure. And uh, Jack, I got to get to know you a little bit more, but I would assume yourself too, that love trading. Like they genuinely love it as almost a game. You don't want to say it's a video game, but you're here because it's a sport. I'm not here so much to win every single game I play. I just love playing. So if you love it, you fight through all that lifestyle marketing. You don't get fooled by that as much. You know what I mean? And I feel like for me on my business side, I've tried to really be different than everybody else. I don't show off my new Tesla. I show off my trades. I show off uh, a conversation that I can have with a trader that I know I can ask her or him questions, put it on YouTube and bring value to the community of traders online that way. So I think if you are able to be passionate about something and you can recognize that lifestyle crap, you can actually take advantage of it and be real, genuine and valuable and stand out from the crowd. And that's what I'm trying to do. You know, Real and genuine. I think that goes such a long way. Yeah. Real and genuine. Do you that's... know time? It's crazy, Dan. People will, like today I lost my two trades. People will comment all the time and be like, thank you for showing me that it's okay to take losses and not have it ruin my day or not have it blow up my account. So I think if you're just being honest with people consistently, they might not like what you have to say on Monday, but Thursday they might. So if you're being yourself overall, I think the right people will find you. You know, It's interesting you bring that up. I actually was working with one of our traders, um, I think it was about a week ago, and we I was going through just kind of defining a little bit of a channel that, hey, let's try and fade some extremes in here. Let's see if we can pick up, you know, a couple hundred bucks here and there. And I was pretty confident going into our conversation. This this stuff I've been looking at, my system's been paying out pretty well over the last like two and a half weeks. And um, so it's like, I think we're pretty good. I think our levels are spot on here. I'm like, this is what I'm going. And I just kind of said, this is what I'm going to start to look for. And I go, I want you to apply your own system within these kind of areas. Look for the opportunities levels, pay attention to order flow, pay attention to momentum, pay attention to a couple of things. And uh, we'll reconvene at the end, end of the day. And we came in at the end of the day and I got caught up. Market broke out of the channel and I got caught chasing just like everyone gets caught chasing every so often. And of, of course, course, it's the first step you say, if the market changes, don't get caught chasing, stop, reassess, readjust, look for where your next levels are going to be and then execute from there. Look for the pullback because it's breaking out to the downside. Look for that little bit of strength and we can hop in on some trend. Say it all the time. I'm like a broken record. I got caught trying to chase a little bit. And fortunately, I got out quick enough and I recognized and I said to him, I go, well, I'll tell you what, I did exactly what I told you not to do. Don't go chasing. I went and chased and uh, I turned a nice winning day into a scratch day and uh, I was kind of bummed out about it. And he's like, so that happens to you too? <laughs> like, it's like you're like, because you've shared content and you've been honest before, people are so surprised when it does happen, but it's right. It does. You know what I mean? Right. No matter how long you've been in this industry, we get caught. It's a psychological thing. It's, it's this idea of what's going on in our head that we really have to focus on to control 
the losses. The wins, they're going to be there and they're going to be fun. But if we got to find ways to control those losses. Yeah. And if you were 100%, if you were having like a 100% winning strategy, uh, that would mean that you are continually sizing it up until you control every dollar of currency in circulation on earth. So like nobody's, <laughs> right. nobody's going out there and just nobody's winning trades, right? The best. See, so maybe we could talk a little bit about that, about, um, you know, is there a, uh, oh man, I'm trying to think about what this word is. Uh, not an ethos, but what's the sort of idea behind your company or what do you guys kind of look for to make successful traders? So one thing that I wouldn't say there is one at a priority, but one thing I want to touch on to just relate to what Dan said is a big issue for myself. And I think this is what we try to help new traders do is accountability. When I first started, and I'm sure people listening, if not, you guys have done this too. I would take, I'd have my system. I was testing and building what at that time was the A1 entry. We still use that. That's like my bread and butter. It's what I've been using for a long time. That's what we call the entry. I was testing the A1 and trying to refine that before putting the first video course together. And at this point in my trading career, I'm like two years in. So I'm still up and down, still not consistent. At that point, I had just realized with myself, and it was because I was not journaling, which I'll get to in a second, but I realized I was literally taking, let's just say three trades in a day. Two of them would be A1 entries. I would document them, take photos of them, put notes on them, prove that that's part of the system. But this third trade, that was a test in my mind, or I was just chasing something like Dan said, or doing something off that edge, I would ignore that trade completely. I would not journal it. I would not hold myself accountable to that action. But that was real money lost. And those little lies to myself, I think, added up over time until I was able to just confront them and say, you got to stop this. Like you, you have to have that honest conversation with yourself. And what helped me do that was journaling. So I think like documenting not just your trades, but your emotions before trading and after trading is a big thing too. It helps me look back on the day and see what could I have done better. I think meditating too has been a big thing for me just to, because I have like, my girlfriend calls it rabbit energy. Meditating helps me slow <laughs> down and helps me stay even while I'm trading. So I think when you're talking about like new traders trying to control that emotion that we all feel like Dan was describing, it almost comes down to just a decision. Are you going to decide to stay on the edge and decide to document and try to learn from every trade you take, win or loss? Or are you just going to be clicking the button, throwing money here, throwing money there and seeing if you feel it out today? If you do that, I just don't find people consistently two, three years building a business off of doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've got to first create some sort of consistency in every process that you're doing. From the moment you wake up to the moment you're finished trading to the moment you walk away from the screens, you got to be consistent in all those processes. And then that's going to help create sustainability. And then once you create sustainability, then you can start to focus, think about, oh, now I can start to think about making some money. But there's so much that gets us involved to getting to that point. And you're absolutely right. You have to, that emotional journal, journal is huge. Um, I don't personally do much emotional journey, journaling anymore. I've been at this long enough that I've, I've got that control. Um, but that's the number one thing that I think I have to, every person should at some point do some emotional journey just to start to recognize. Cause now I know like if my palms are getting a little sweaty going into a trade, you're going to like this trade. We call it sweaty pits. Yeah, exactly. Like there are certain things that you know, it's going to be good or you go, wait a second. I'm not even here mentally. I'm watching TV and I just saw the market break. Okay, like I'm not hopping. And what are you doing? You know that's not your trade. Or the worst one is if if you're in a group chat and people are talking in the group chat and you're not fully at the desk, I have so many guys where a group chat will ruin them 
because they see people taking trades, they see stuff happening and they want to be in the action and they rush something when they're not fully prepared. I think that's a big difference. But I know we're doing this in audio format only, but I have these journals that we actually just made. They're going to be coming out next week. I'm going to send you guys each one. I I just would love your feedback on it. It's for your trades, but it also has a couple prompts at the bottom to ask you like, what could you have done better today? What could you, what did you do well? Stuff like that. Productivity at the top. So I'm going to send you guys when I, I'm going to be ordering them this week and it's got our logo on the front trading journal. It's cool. So you guys have to let me know what you think, but I want an honest review. No, you know, don't be nice to me just because we're internet. I mean, (laughs) here's, here's how I know, because you've got this very professional. Jack has seen it a thousand times. Are you going to show me like the flip pad? My trading cards. Those are cool. (laughs) Those are cool. I got thousands of them. That's awesome. Stacks, file cabinets full. That's awesome. That's a cool idea. Nothing's organized. They all just, they have a date up top and then you got to run through them trying to find everything. So I take pictures and I put them in folders and I organize all of that on my computer. So similar, I have the cards too. Yeah. And that's the difference. Kind of what you're describing is um, I think that the biggest fault that sort of amateur or beginning traders have is this kind of go out there, feel it out, wing it, trade from the gut. And it's sort of the difference between if you're going to have a professional football team with, you know, an offensive coordinator and all these things and all this strategy and all this playbook versus just going around and, uh, you know, playing Turkey bowl with your cousins, just throwing the ball around, mixing it up. And that's the way, you know, clearly you wouldn't, you know, go after professional football that way, but people in the trading world all the time, just go in there with no plan, no anything, just kind of like feels high. Time to sell. I don't know why. (laughs) I'm going to figure this out. There has to be, Riley and I both like are intrigued by the brain. And I think that there is something in all of us where we, for some reason, think that trading is like different from other businesses, like being an attorney, being a doctor, being someone that you have to get educated in that field before you can go out and do it. There's plenty of businesses that you can start, start a Shopify store. You don't need any education. You can go throw money into that and you'll probably see a return. But when you look at this trading business, it's like everybody's rules of business just get thrown out the window because we're putting money on the line every day. And if you're wrong, you're directly losing money. It's not like you just lost some inventory. But in reality, you did. You just have to look at it that way. The analogy that I always use with people is there was um, – are you guys car guys? Do you do oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So there Good was – this will make you hurt a little bit then. There was a shipping container ship bringing a bunch of Porsches over, a bunch of exotic cars. And it hit something. This was like two years ago. And it spilled these cars into the ocean and they fell to the bottom of the ocean ruined. So as Porsche, let's just use Porsche because everybody knows what a Porsche is. Think about how they're looking at that loss. It's one shipment of cars. It's one, you could look at it and be like, oh my God, our business is over. I'm going to just, you know, you make some irrational decision, order a bunch of cars at some crazy high price when you really didn't need to react that way. It's just one loss and it's loss of inventory. You're going to make that back. And in the long term, if they have a plan, they're going to become profitable still. So I try to relate that to trading and that you, one loss, one little mistake, one loss of capital does not make you a bad trader. It doesn't make your trading plan wrong. It doesn't make your trading system even wrong. But if you do kind of what Dan was talking about, what we were talking about before, where you emotionally go off tilt, they have almost made it easier now than ever, as you guys I'm sure are aware with the Forex brokers with the crazy high leverage. They've made it easy to just wipe yourself out in a couple of trades almost. And that's what happens. People aren't educated. They use these unregulated higher leverage brokers. And I think they're blowing themselves out just because they aren't understanding 
really just controlled risk. Yeah, you don't need 200 to 1, 200 to 1 leverage. There, there's a reason. You, there's a thousand to 1. <laughs> like a thousand to 1. That's, that, yeah, that's crazy. a lot. You bring up the best point I've ever gotten in trading. My old man told me this right when I first started. Um, no one trade can ever make you or break you as a trader. Yeah. And I say it all the time to on everything we do because I think it's really that valuable. Like no loss, whether you lose one shipment of inventory of $100,000 cars or you take that big loss, that one loss in your trade, don't let that affect where you can be in five years, where you can be in 10 years in this industry. It's because so hard though, Dan. I'm, it is. I'm a human. You're a human. We all are still DNA. We have it programmed to think short term, especially during the chaos right now. It's like, I could just get online and I could buy this stock or trade this whatever and make a little bit of money and not have to, you know what I mean? It's just everybody wants this short term gratification right now. When in reality, those of us that can commit to like a long term process, that's what I try to look at it as, we're going to be much more better off in the long run, you know? Without a doubt. I think, um, I think that's why you have to. You cannot make trading your full income until you're prepared financially to survive you without just took trading. You out of my, dude, out of my head. I was like, we should definitely touch on that because I think <laughs> a lot of people get into trading with the expectation that they're just going to live off of it when in reality, they don't even take, I find people don't even take the time to do the simple math of how much money do you need per month just to get your expenses by and then what would be a reasonable percent return on that to get you that profit. People don't even do that. They're like, if I just put a thousand in or 10,000 in, I could start living off of this. And I just think you have to be realistic. And I'm, I never want to be, you guys never want to be the asshole or the rude person to shut them down. I was right? a sergeant in the Marine Corps. I have no problem telling someone. So, so I'll you'll put do it. You're, I'm you're very, fine. very honest and realistic in expectations. You have to be. You have and to so be. You can't, you just don't expect that. Like, don't start trading if that's your process. Like, if that's your thought, right. sorry, this isn't the right you'll job for you. You'll be an awful trader. You'll be a terrible trader because you, you got to focus on the process and Maybe I'm not sure how you guys trade exactly, but for me, like I don't find trades every day. There are days I've got to come here, sit here for two hours and I don't see anything. And then I got to pull myself off before I lose money on something stupid. That's trading to me. So if you come here to make money and you got to pay rent with this money, you're just putting yourself at a really, I mean, you're asking to go gray. Well, cause then you'll take those trades. So like if, you know, you have the luxury not to take a trade every day, but if you're making it your full income and you're not in a good financial place to do that. Then you're going to take more trades. That's just the way it works. It happens every time. Right. And then what happens? You either, you, most of those guys end up losing more than they win. And then they say trading is a scam. Trading is impossible. Can't do this. Can't make money doing this. It's like, no, you definitely can. You're just going about it the wrong way. Yeah. You, you need to stand back sometimes and think trading is the purest. I think what separates it from a lot of things that involve, you know, traditional businesses with adding value and, and creating it through different things of, you know, the supply chain. Um, trading is a zero sum game. I mean, every dollar that you make on a trade, somebody lost. And now they may not be looking at it the same way. They might be a hedge on something. They not, may not care. But like, obviously, when you think about it like that, you understand how hard it is. Everyone wants to make money, but it's not being created or destroyed, right? It's just going between people there. Exactly. Yep. 100%. Without a doubt, you got to think about it. There are the professionals. There are the Michael Jordans, the Wayne Gretzky's. Dude, there's um, algorithms that you're going up against. You're going – like the smartest computer programs that have been written to date. Right. You are going up against the best of the best. And if you're brand new into this, you're a rookie. 
you got to be cautious. You got to just, and I, there's nothing wrong with getting into this. In, I think this is the greatest industry. It's provided me more than I could ever have imagined. Likewise. I think it's actually, I would challenge you, not challenge you, but I would just say it is the best time to get into the industry because you've got this. You've got, when I got into Forex, I, I, I swear to God, I bought video courses from guys on the internet and I was trying to learn and I ended up buying the same video course twice, once from a group of guys in France that spoke no English and once from a group of guys somewhere in the Caribbean on a WhatsApp group. And once I got that course, whatever videos they were, they were actually on YouTube too, but I bought it for $200 at two separate times. That was where I was like, I need to watch this because there's something here. And that stuck with me. But right there, look, these guys not in the United States and guys way out in France, again, not in the United States. Now you have all of these podcasts. You've got tons of people, I feel like, in the United States that you can network with and learn from. So it's like the best time almost if you have some, we would call, I, I call them like if you have the characteristics. I think you definitely need another stream of income, especially at first. You don't want to be relying on it. You need some patience. You have to be a little bit patient, a little bit more disciplined. And you also, moreover than everything else, I think if you are passionate to be a better version of yourself, you're going to do well in trading. You have to want more for yourself. And you guys know this too. Like if you feel well as a human being, if you feel good as Jack and good as Dan, you're going to trade at your best. And when you don't feel well, when you're not taking care of yourself, it's a, it's going to turn out in the PL. So you need those few characteristics, a couple of mindset shifts, I think. But now, like I said, just because of the resources, it's a good time to start learning, you know? I would agree. Volatility is there and that creates excitement and that teaches when you can get the movement, you get the opportunity to execute a little bit more to experience loss, which is the hardest part, which is the most important part. Loss is inevitable in any part of trading. Um, and you know what? Right now is a great time because everyone's sitting in their houses and you can do, you can have a second computer there and take some trades. Check it out. I feel like if you're not interested in it, you're just not going to be. Um, you, do you remember when the first iPhone came out? Did you know anyone? By the time we got to iPhone 4, iPhone 5, it still did not have an iPhone. My dad <laughs> is that one. guy. Okay. okay. Those are the <laughs> I people, didn't. Those are the people. Right. So Dan, I then you're going to fit perfectly for this. Those are the people that I'm going to equate. Like my dad got left behind, I believe. Tech, my dad's like 65 now. He got left behind technologically at that point. It was just such a big leap for him. He was always late. He's on an iPhone now, but he was always behind. Silly example, but I think trading is going to be something that we see become more and more popular as we go in this digital economy, this digital society. One of the um, things that I like to read, it's the Triannual Central Bank Survey. It comes out every three years, and they gather information on the Forex market from major central banks. And they showed from 2016 to 2019, spot transactions were up, retail participants were up. So you're seeing more people get involved specifically to Forex there. And also, I did a webinar a couple of months ago, stocks versus Forex versus crypto, just talking about the differences between the markets and the nuances that they share and are different in. Um, and I used just a, a basic Google Trends search in the beginning of my presentation to just show how many more people are not only interested in day trading, but specifically Forex and crypto. Now, stocks are always going to be something that's hotly talked about, but there is even more of an interest now in Forex and crypto, which is, I think, a good thing. You know, like I said, yeah. That's cool. You've also accumulated a, a bit of a social media following. Is that kind of where you would uh, send people now to people who are just getting started trying to learn how to trade? Uh, what, what, what should they be looking at? I think there's a couple, like, honestly, you guys do an awesome job with your podcast. I think you've had some really solid guests on here. 
going, like I said to you, going back to when the podcast first started, but even four or five episodes ago, you had my buddy Akil on here. Akil's a great coach as well. I think, and this was actually something he was talking about on Twitter yesterday or two days ago. If you look at trading coaches, trading mentors, whatever you want to call people like myself, if they're putting out a lot of free value, not talking about their money, not talking about their lifestyle, but just trying to put out the mistakes that they've made and how you can learn from them, that's somebody that I would trust and somebody that I would try to pull value from. I don't think you can ever go one place and learn everything you need. Where I've learned a lot of my life lessons that have applied into my trading is I see people do something and then I know what I don't want to do because of what they're doing. So definitely my YouTube, I think, is a good spot if you're looking for like trade recaps and Forex, simple breakdown stuff for beginners. Um, but I think as a whole, the trading space is getting better. The, the guys that aren't actual traders are getting weaned out, I'm finding, and they're ending up in a new business on Instagram or doing something else. So for me, like you said, I've built a pretty good following just based on the value. So YouTube is always Austin Silver FX, Instagram, Austin Silver FX. That's where I'm always at. And I'm going to keep doing that because like I said to you at the beginning, I think that's where I, um, that's where I found myself to stand out. I get a lot of, I would much rather get comments that I'm helping change somebody's life and actually giving them a shot rather than someone saying, sit car, bro, (laughs) live at the beach, bro. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm not sharing my stuff on social media for that reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad that more of those folks are getting weeded out, as you said, or something like that. We'll have to do a whole episode on that at some point, Dan. I would be down. We'll, we'll have to talk to the. <laughs> we'll we'll have to talk to the. That'd be uh, so funny. Our legal representation first. Yeah, I know, right? You have to make sure. I've made a couple of videos like that that I, when I watch them back, I'm like, mm, might not want to put this one up right now. <laughs> we could do it out on the boat. And, you know, we'll go out on my boat. Exactly. We can go sit out exactly. there. Or- we'll, we'll go on your little boat. You, you, you have a reasonably sized boat, Dad. It's like. <laughs> uh yeah well, that's awesome man so yeah everyone out there hope you get a chance to uh, check out austin's stuff um austin thanks so much for stopping by today uh it was a pleasure yeah man absolutely i'm serious about the journals too i'm gonna send you guys these journals i want some feedback and if you like them enough maybe we'll do another episode and we'll talk about journaling we'll talk about whatever you need we'd love to you've been easy you've been super great to talk to man so Dude, uh likewise guys all right well everyone else out there we'll see you after this sound effect Folks, thank you for listening to the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step Trader. Uh, you know, we didn't learn anything more about the elections during that interview, in part because when we record this, we record the intro and the outro back to back. So <laughs> no time elapsed, but um, still something that's on our mind. I think that uh, I'm going to try and take a nap at some point. Dan, you said you're taking a run. I got to go for a run. I got to uh, get some energy back in me. Uh, I had a Coca-Cola. I, don't, I hardly ever drink soda, and I drank a Coca-Cola today to try and uh, give me a little pick-me-up. A Coca-Cola classic. That is a good comfort item it really to is. have around when you're feeling a little blue. So hope everyone out there is not feeling blue. It's Thursday afternoon, so gear up for the weekend and, uh, you know, do some trading if you want to. If you don't want to, there's no shame in that. And uh, we'll be back next week with a uh, brand new episode where I might be interviewing you, Dan. I think, yeah, I think that's what we said. Cool. We'll check out uh, topstep.com for we got some uh, maybe package deals on the horizon to look out for. Hint, hint. There's a lot to look out on the horizon for with Top Step right now. One of those that I can't say yet. But yeah, let's just say <laughs> next month. In December, there's going to be some big things happening at Top Step. Very Just excited. wait. But in the meantime, namaste and trade well. 
Limit Up podcast is produced by Dante32. Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.